running out of time. That's one of the main ideas of Tick, Tick, Boom. John Larson is an aspiring playwright on the verge of turning 30 years old with seemingly nothing to show for it. And Tick, Tick, Boom follows him during what he believes are his final moments to change that. A week and change before he turns 30, a time when Larson believes he'll turn from a writer who waits tables into a waiter with a hobby, is when this movie takes place. Lin-Manuel Miranda makes a directorial debut covering this span of time and the ideas of self-worth, passion, living a comfortable life, and how we reconcile those things and try to find a balance between what can put food on the table and what can make us truly happy. For some people, those things are one and the same, but for most, they're entirely different. Larson and the rest of the cast of Tick, Tick, Boom all deal with these choices in different ways. John Larson has spent eight years trying to break down the walls of Broadway on what he envisions to be a world-changing story, but it seemingly never comes together for him. His best friend, Michael, gave up on his acting dreams to be able to pay the bills as a marketing and advertising director. His girlfriend tries to meet her needs in the middle, opting to become an instructor for young dancers to be. But no matter which path the characters in this film take, they seem deeply dissatisfied and, at times, broken. Larson spends his days waiting tables and spends every waking moment he has trying to find a way to perfect his story. When he finally gets a chance to show people what he's capable of, the story begins. A smaller producer on Broadway was given Larson the opportunity to workshop his play, with actors and an ensemble to perform at bare bones in front of potential buyers and other notable characters of the play industry. John Larson is given an opportunity to do what he always wanted and gets one shot. But the only way this chance leads anywhere is if the mock performance of his work, the work he spent most of a decade on, knocks it out of the park in every way possible. So yeah, no pressure. It's a relatively simple plot, but one you can easily connect to. John needs to put it all together at the last minute, trying to prove his worth and give himself the life he has always dreamed of. But he just can't bring himself to get it done at times. Everyone at one point or another has been in a similar situation, back against the wall with an opportunity to prove yourself, but you're afraid that you may not be able to do it. The performances in this movie are all very well done, but Andrew Garfield in particular is on another level entirely with his version of John Larson. He inhabits the role and is able to use every aspect of Larson's time in the movie to show you who he is. Now, I am a slut for Andrew Garfield, as I seem to love everything with him in it. He also seems to always play a young white guy with a good heart, a chip on his shoulder, and an unconventional way of proving himself capable. Hacksaw Ridge, Social Network, The Amazing Spider-Man 1, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, all movies I'm able to thoroughly enjoy in large part because of his performances in them. Though Tick Tick Boom takes this to new heights, thanks to Andrew's interpretation of John Larson's hairstyle. Kidding, it, but it was brutally distracting how bad and disheveled he looked for most of the movie. Though I suppose that would be fairly accurate to how the real Larson probably was. But honestly, Tick Tick Boom doesn't only offer catchy tunes and a fun story, but something to connect to. Whether it is Larson's single-mindedness to make a life out of his passion, seemingly against all odds, or his friend Michael trying to reconcile a comfortable life that he's made for himself with his own inner desires. Or Larson's girlfriend Susan trying to find a balance between her dreams and the reality she faces. The actor for Michael, Robin DeJesus, is another solid performance. As the friend who is able to live comfortably due to choosing to step away from his passion, he serves as a great foil to Larson while also understanding him and trying in every way he can to help his lifelong friend. Larson's girlfriend, Susan, is also great in this. She has a potential career opportunity in dance with something she's passionate about, and she finds herself in a tough situation as her partner is in crunch time with his own passions and what might be the final opportunity he has of achieving his own dreams. What's best for her, what's best for him, and what sort of compromises they try to reach give personal stakes to things as you can feel Larson having almost everything ripped away from him in his pursuit of his goals. Alexandra Shipp really nails it as his girlfriend, Susan. Also, something I spent a quarter of the movie's runtime wondering. Is that Vanessa Hudgens? It was, in fact, Vanessa Hudgens as a potential actress for Larson's play. She still sings really well, but there's no competition between this with Breaking Free or Go My Own Way from the obvious apex of cinema high school musical. 
For a musical about Broadway, Tick, Tick, Boom is not as incredibly heavy on its songs as you might expect. Though the songs are relatively sparse, they are effective. The movie opens with one of the more enjoyable songs, 3090, and continues the momentum from there. The general rules of the musical I feel are followed very well, and I think the movie does well with its pacing and structure because of it. One of the only parts where I felt the movie stutter step a bit were in its second track, which is called Boho Days, and that was sung earlier in the movie, around the 15 minute mark. I sort of felt it was unnecessary, which I believe is typically something you feel for a song in a musical where it starts without much emotion leading up to it. Generally speaking, most musicals function under the rule that songs begin where the character's ability to express their feelings and emotions with words becomes inadequate in their world. This emotional springboard into songs is the reason Disney musicals typically work so well. They know their formula and they execute it. Boho Days might have worked better later in the movie as it is mainly focused on the relationships in John Larson's life. And if we grow to appreciate those more before he sings about potentially losing them in pursuit of his dream, it might be more effective. For the sake of not being nitpicky, I felt two songs that aren't popular hits the way that 3090 is that hit this emotional springboard really well are Therapy, the song which revolves around the conflict between Susan and John, and Swimming, which is Larson's solo track that he sings when he finds the need to reach his goals. Both explode from places of passion and feel at home in the story and the pacing of the movie. Swimming in particular was one of the tracks that I enjoyed more, and it's definitely going on my musical soundtrack playlist I keep, along with Therapy and 3090. Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut is surprisingly great. One could chalk it up to there not being a song in the movie that he sings with his patented inflection and cadence. Or, more generously, I would say that Miranda understands emotion and is able to use that to make inspired choices throughout the movie. Little things like Larson looking noticeably less healthy when he's working versus when he's pursuing his play. Or how the sets are lit and styled, with colors at times feeling flat or duller, in the more confined spaces that Larson longs to escape from, such as when he's waiting tables or finds himself in a corporate office building. When anyone is on stage or following their passion, you see colors pop a bit more and more vibrance in the set design. I found it to be a great touch to a movie that wasn't particularly outstanding in its visual style or direction otherwise, because you really notice these changes when they're there. I'm now going to get into some more spoiler-heavy territory if that's a concern. I mentioned the main theme of the movie, about Larson feeling this pressure of running out of time as he's on the cusp of turning 30. This claustrophobic idea of the walls of life closing in on him is accented through the movie by many of those in his life around him becoming HIV positive and struggling with their own limited time. Larson initially feels this as a sort of emphasis and furthering of his own fears, but throughout the film he grows to appreciate his fortune and the time that he has that others may not have and reconciles his fears. Larson grows from someone stuck in the same place, marred by fear of failure and self-doubt, to someone who finds it within themselves to put their passion out into the world. Though he still worries his next move could always be his last shot at his dreams, he faces the world head-on and commits to his workshop, making every effort to make for himself the life he wants. Larson performs a test run of his play. Friends and family swarm to support him. Producers from all over town turn up to check it out. Hell, even Stephen Sondheim himself is in the audience to see what this kid can do. It's Larson's idol, he's a Broadway legend, and he thinks that he's got a shot. And then, no one buys it. Cricket's on his landline, save for his agent. And what does she tell him? Great work, kid. But maybe next time. Write something you know. Your heart sinks alongside Larson's as he feels the last of his eight years of life crumble before his eyes. What a waste. Everything he worked toward and all he gets out of it is that people can't wait to see what he does next. He feels broken, unable to wait any longer, unable to throw himself at this for another five years. He's ready to give up, just commit to never truly being happy in life or feeling pride in what he does. But his phone rings again. Larson decides to let it ring out so that they can leave a message. And it's none other than Stephen Sondheim calling him up to congratulate him on what he calls a first-rate play. 
And the last words he says to Larson over this message are to be proud. Be proud was the takeaway from this film. Larson's feelings of inadequacy, doubt, and emptiness are able to give way to this simple idea, and he's able to keep going. He goes on to produce his next play, titled Tick, Tick, Boom. It's another success. And then he makes Rent, a Broadway smash hit that redefined musicals, though he never lived to see it perform live. I believe Be Proud could be used not only for John Larson and Tick, Tick, Boom, but most everyone. I know that I myself have wrestled with some of the ideas we see John Larson and his friends struggled with. It can be generally depressing at times. You feel like you're not keeping up or that you just don't have enough in you to do what everyone else seems to be doing. We live in constant connection to everyone we know and their personal highlight reels live in our pockets, which certainly doesn't help. But it's important to remember that your journey is your own and that starting the next one is all you need to do. So be proud of yourself. Overall, I recommend Tick, Tick, Boom. It's very well made, it has good music, and it has an emotional story. It's also free on Netflix. Though it definitely loses points because I was uncomfortable relating to a possibly whiny, artsy protagonist with a terrible hairstyle. But hey, if I'm self-aware, it doesn't count, right? Four out of five stars. Thanks for listening to my soapbox. I'll get down now. Until next time, I mean. <laughs>